This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. This episode brought to you by Progressive. Most of you aren't just listening right now. You're driving, cleaning, and even exercising. But what if you could be saving money by switching to Progressive? Drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average. And auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. Multitask right now. Quote today at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. National average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. This is Believe in Georgia Dogs podcast on the Believe Podcast Network. It's time to awaken an entire nation. I'll be a dog till I die. Between the hedges, look it fly. 90,000 in the stands, I'm going to do my dance, make it look fine. Coach, put me in the game. UGA, yeah, the name. Yeah, the offense going to turn up, but the defense going to win us the game. Here's your host, Corey Burton. All right, welcome into another hump day edition of the Believe in Georgia Dogs podcast on the Believe Podcast Network, the number one podcasting network for professionals. It is Tennessee week, uh, coming off a convincing win against Auburn. We'll get into that. We'll get into a little bit of a, a sneak preview at Tennessee, and then we will take a look at some of the other games from around the conference that we uh, that we made picks on last week with Jake. Again, want to appreciate Jake for coming on to the show uh, last week he was a phenomenal guest uh, you can find us at believe in dogs on facebook instagram and twitter and uh joining me from top gun is israel troop israel what's up man what's going on you know we got the jets flying over to school today so it's going to be a very interesting show to say the least yes absolutely it, it was it i would have to say this weekend is very surprising in a lot of ways um so uh, we'll, we'll get more into that but first want to uh want to mention that the show is brought to you by betonline.ag israel the wait is finally over football is back you might not be at the games this year but you can still be in on the action at bet online i guess all the georgia students get didn't get that memo i guess they were at the game um so <laughs> uh if you took georgia minus six and a half you were a very happy happy camper right Man, that game was awesome. It was awesome to watch, and I'm just glad we got out of there with a victory. Yeah, I am too. A win is a win is a win. I wouldn't care if they won by one. Um, So uh, from game spreads and totals to team and player and coaching props, BetOnline gives you more options to wager than any place online. There will always be the online casino as well. That never closes. So head to BetOnline.ag today. Take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. Again, that's BetOnline.ag, and sign up today. BetOnline your online sports book experts. Now we will we'll probably dive more into that on Friday uh, when we make our picks. Uh, I might throw throw you a couple NFL bones too. So who knows? But uh, Israel, twenty seven to six uh, was the final score from uh, from Saturday night. Uh, Auburn came in here uh, high and mighty. They left with their tail tucked between their legs. Stetson Bennett, uh, he started the game. And uh, I guess you could say he finished the game, but I guess Dewan Mathis came in for the four-minute drill and ran the clock out. But uh, Stetson was uh, through for 240 and a touchdown. Uh, Zamir White had a pair of touchdown runs in a formation that we'll talk about here in a minute. 
with the uh, with the with the two big defensive linemen. Uh, James Cook, I guess, went out with an apparent injury. He had five carries for 40, 41 yards, looked explosive. Uh, Kenny McIntosh looked uh, looked to get in the action. Kendall Milton, a freshman, um, and Dewan Edwards also uh, all having uh, more than five carries uh, in the game. Samir White pacing it with 19 for 88 and two touchdowns. Uh, Kyrus Jackson, nine catches, 147, uh, leading receiver. George Pickens, two for 26, but uh, he had he reached the end zone. Uh, so good to see that. So what stood out to you the most, Israel? The fact that our offensive line completely dominated Auburn from the line of scrimmage to the second level. It was absolutely wonderful to watch. And I think I tweeted it, and I said having Trey Hill back at center to make the calls and to get everybody everybody lined up was a game changer for us. And it showed. It showed in the way we passed protected. It showed, the way, showed in the way that we ran the ball, and it was beautiful to watch. Absolutely. I was impressed with Justin Schaefer. I mean, you saw in a lot of these runs where they're pulling guys, and he, is he on several occasions, they ran that counterplay, and he absolutely annihilated K.J. Britt because he was the – I'm telling you. He was the second puller when they came when they came through on the right, and uh, he, he turned up and just annihilated him on several occasions. That was, that was fun to watch. Trey Hill being back at center, I mean, you hit the nail on the head right there. I think the tackles did it tremendous job in pass protection not a whole lot of pressure on Stetson Bennett and when you don't have a whole lot of pressure on you you can make throws and you can make all the throws you need to and and obviously he left some out there but you know again that's what stood out to me it's just winning the battle up front uh, on both sides of the ball having Bo Nix run around scared in the backfield the entire night not being able to step into throws not being able to make comfortable throws not being able to get through his progressions and really even not being able to scramble comfortably and so that that stood out to me as well defensively most most definitely, and I and I tweeted too. Um, Anderson was going to destroy Knicks if he got his hands on me. He had, he finally ended up getting him because Anderson was coming off the corner. I'm talking about full speed, wide open. And if he takes a better angle on the first two, he I mean Knicks is probably out of the game because he was coming so fast and unblocked. Um, but to see to see all these young guys go in there and do great do great things is is very very. Um, very great to watch and just seeing how that coaching staff has molded this team and getting those young guys involved like you said all those running backs got touches and we are now the true running back you don't care what anybody says we are the true running back you um and the big thing to me was watching Ben Cleveland you know he's waited for his time and I mean he showed out Saturday he, he did great just watching him move through he's a large human being you know but watching him move people up front like you said our two tackles did a great job of keeping the heat off of them. Like I said, when you got Trey Hill at center, you can do no wrong. Exactly. I mean, it allows you to put in guys like Ben Cleveland um, at the guard spot and it allows you um, a lot of leeway as far as that goes. And I think a lot of these off, I think a lot of these freshman offensive linemen got snaps too, which is, which is great. But um, I want to talk about Kyrus Jackson a little bit. We, you know, coming into the season, we talked and talked and talked about the wide receiver position, who's emerging, who's going to be the next guy, who, who's what, who's, who's this, who's that. And uh, Kyrus Jackson shows that he's saying, hey, uh, we know what we got in George Pickens, but hey, uh, I can play too. And he chipped in with nine catches, became Stetson's favorite target by, by far because no one else had more than two catches. So what do you think about Most Kyrus definitely. Jackson? Man, he showed what I've been hearing him say all summer long. Was this offense was going to be fun to watch, and he was a big part of that. You know, making catches on third down when Stetson Bennett has time and he can come back to his third progression and just hit him across the middle. 
Hey, you know, um, yards after the catch was big. You know, he'd make a catch, say, for about five yards, and he'd get 15. You know, um, the, the deep ball um, sets none of them just a little bit, but he catches that ball in stride. That's a touchdown. You know, he's able to maneuver, and um, I love the way he runs his routes. You know, he's coming off the football. He's blocking on the perimeter. You know, he's, he was very unselfish Saturday, and it showed, and it showed that, you know, um, the offensive coordinator has trust in him. Um, it shows that Coach Smart has trust in him, you know, to do everything right. And when you do everything right, you know, you reap the benefits of both, and I love watching it. Absolutely. I mean, I think it's – I mean, he's a guy that understands um, – it looks like he's starting to really dive into the system and understands kind of where he needs to be and, and uh, depth of his routes, precision precision details on the routes, I think, is, is drastically improved with this group because I think – you know, that's the major difference between Monken system and Coley system is because you, know, you come in and, and I, I think there's more precise uh, details with the routes. And I think you're starting to see that Pickens uh, running, you know, diff- precise depths and widths and angles and things like that on, on his touchdown catch last week. And even this week, you know, he he uh, he made a great move on the defender, stacked him and, and got separation and. Uh, Stetson dropped it in there quite nicely. So, uh, you know, this wide receiver position, even though there's a lot of youth and inexperience there, uh, I think it's starting to really kind of emerge. I think you're going to start to see as the season progresses, you're going to start to see Pickens get more involved, obviously. You're going to start to see Demetrius Robertson cash in and and chip in. You're going to start to see Jermaine Burton, uh, who is going to turn into, I think, a legitimate deep threat alongside of Pickens. So you can't double down on Pickens because Kyrus and Jermaine are going to, going to hurt you. Demetrius can do some things as well. So this wide receiver group is going to continue to improve, and it's going to be really fun to watch, especially down the stretch of the season. Most definitely, because I mean, like we talked earlier in the season, you know, you hey, now we have developed a pass that can set up the run, and that's what we did. You know, they Auburn realized that we can throw the ball, so they backed up, which gave us some lanes to run the football. You know, and you actually see different concepts, not just goal balls or a shallow right here and there or a post in there. You see actual concepts to where Stetson Bennett gets it and he goes through his reads. Uh, when a couple of years ago, you know, it was get it and throw it outside, you know, back shoulder or get it and look for a tight end over the middle. You see actual concept that a defense has to um, has to account for. You know, and me and you being offensive coordinators, we know if you if you got a guy like Kevin Steele over there, you know what he's going to do on defense, you know, having – concepts built in to where all right I can get the ball out of my quarterback's hands quick just in case there's some pressure is wonderful for a quarterback and wonderful for an offense coordinator because you know I can go to that play if I need it absolutely and and I think it's uh you know one of those things with you know with concepts versus I guess what you know route trees and stuff like that is with concepts you know you have different uh routes to beat different coverages like Every route's not going to be open in every concept. I mean, you would love for it to, but concepts are designed to be, okay, well, if they're going to take away the corner, then, okay, we're going to throw the hitch. Or if they're going to take away uh, the dig, well, then we got the seam. Or if they're going to if they're going to sit back on the seams, uh, and we're going to take advantage of the middle of the field with the dig. Or, you know, whatever the concept is and whatever it calls for, there's different, if not this, than this. Or exactly. if they're going to give us, if they're going to give us four, we hit this. If they're going to give us man free, we're going to hit this. If they're going to give us cover seven, you know, we got this. You know, and and, and being exactly. able to and watching and uh, Coach Steele did a great job mixing up his coverages too. Mm-hmm. Um, and, it, and it just show and it just shows how well they were coached and how how great they did at practice. You know, that that's something you see at practice. You know, that means they saw every single coverage they could think of 
And, you know, Coach Smart seen Kevin still, you know, in his days at Alabama and stuff like that and various places he's been. So he kind of knows it, you know, and I love the way that Georgia mixes up their coverages too. So when you throw different stuff, that's different things, different coverages at your quarterback. And, you know, um, you call the right concept that matches it. You know, you got a cover three beater on one side, cover two beater on the other side when you go dubs or trips and stuff like that. So, I mean, that helps. And you can see, as, and I'm telling you, and after watching us Saturday, if we keep rolling like we're rolling, Georgia's going to be a dangerous team. I mean, the mailman's delivering on yes. offense. So, you know, he, he, he's delivering, delivering packages left and right. So it is, yep. it is fun to watch. And if they keep protecting, then he'll keep delivering because I think you're going to see these receivers. I mean, you, you went through it you now from your time when you first stepped foot on campus uh, from the time that you left. I mean, you, you improved each and every week. You got more comfortable in within the, within the scheme. And I think that develops confidence, um, not only from quarterback to receiver, but from receiver to quarterback and then from coach to quarterback. And then from just, you know, generally uh, the quarterback being comfortable in the pocket. I think if, if he knows what he's got and, and if he can get a bead on pre-snap reads, I think he's going to have a lot of confidence to be able to, to understand where he needs to go with the ball. And then he's going to be able to, to do what the mailman does and deliver. So I think it's just Most definitely it, one thing that coach Babel always said, you know, if I can trust you, then I'm going to get you the football, you know? So, um, that's, you can see that trust with my and, and cares Jackson. Um, you know, they, they trust each other. They trust the process. You can see it. St- um, Stetson Bennett, he trusts Kears Jackson to make the catch. So third down and seven, I mean, that's who he's looking for. You know, and once all those those young guys get it, and they're, go, and they're going to. And you can tell it, it, they're like two or three plays away from really getting it. And once they get it, they're going to be dangerous. Yes, they, they are. And it's going to be – I mean, you're going to see this offense open up unlike – anything we've ever seen, you know, outside, you know, since Bobo left, you know, with the, with those years that he had uh, Aaron Murray and, and even some of those early years, like Oh seven, where uh, after the Tennessee game, things really ignited. Uh, and, and, you know, at times in Oh eight, at times in Oh nine, you know, where, where things, you know, where things opened up. And so I, I think it's, you know, I think it's fun to see. I think it's nice to see that, you know, we're finally getting back to where we can, recruit great receivers again and not saying that we haven't had great receivers but I mean we haven't had those game-changing receivers like uh, like we've had in the past with uh, and, and I think it's uh, I think it's something that's starting to cycle back around and I think Todd Monken has a lot to do with that but um, talk about Israel let's let's talk about those uh, let's talk about those two targeting penalties smoke Monday and Richard LeCount um, smoke got uh, got ejected in the first quarter uh, Richard Again, in the second quarter, uh, both uh, for for targeting. Uh, what, what what do we think? Were they both crap? Or, the, or was one legit, one not? Or were they both legit? What do you think? I think they're. I think they're bang bang plays. That if, in in my opinion, I understand we're trying to you know protect players. These guys are football players. You know, it's football. So if these guys are actively trying to move their head out of the way. You know, they're, they're, you can see in both of them, they're trying to move their head to the side to get away from the crown of helmet. And I think if we look at that, you know, we, we can't penalize the guys and eject them for plays like that when they're, they're playing football. You know, if it's a blatant penalty, um, then I think, yeah, they, they got to go. 
you know, because sometimes, you know, it happens, you know, guys get excited and they go in their head down, you know, but if they're, if they're making a football play, both of those, in my opinion, football plays. Yeah, um, he's trying to keep Kerry Jackson from going up the field in Smoke Monday. He's, he's trying to make a tackle. Um, uh, LeCount is going in. He's went for the football. If you see, if you watch the play, he's going for the football. He's going shoulder down, getting his head out the way. He's going for the football. And it's a bang, bang play. You know, is it, he supposed to just let him catch it, then make tackle? That's first down. You know, Auburn probably scores on that play. Mm-hmm. You know, so, I mean, those are bang, bang plays in which you can't, you can't penalize a kid for doing what they're taught to do. Um, they're taught to, you know, get their head out of the way, don't use ground and helmet. And in both cases, that's what they're trying to do. And I, I don't think – I think they got to redo the rule. I, I think they got to reevaluate it. Um, like I said, I like it because it does protect people um, in a sense. But, you know, you can't stop them from playing football. You know, if they're, they're going to throw penalties on those two, then we should be playing tack, We should be playing two-hand touch. Absolutely. You know, those, those, are, those are football plays. Rich LeCount going in there full speed. He's going for the football. He wasn't trying to decapitate him or anything like that. He is going for the football. And, I mean, it's not his fault that the receiver's going down at the same time where he's coming, but, I mean, he's making a football play. Yeah, I mean, I think it's, you know, when you when you look at the intent of the rule, I, I think the initial intent of the rule was to change a behavior. Um, and it was the, the behavior was DBs or even blockers with, uh, with blindside blocks uh, going in there with the intent on taking somebody's head off. Yes. Back in the Greg Blue and Thomas Davis days, you know that that rule would have been that rule would have been in effect big time. Yeah, they, you know, they would have missed this day a and lot age, of games. This day and age, you know, they're they're trying the kids are trying to be safe. The coaches are doing a great job of teaching the kids to be safe. Mm-hmm. And I think you have to go back and reevaluate and see exactly all right what exactly is targeting. Is this kid going for the ball, or is he trying to cause harm? And I think I think that's what you got to look at. Is that are they trying to make a football play? Or are they trying to cause harm? If they're not trying to cause harm, then I think that you got you got to pick it up. Yeah, you got to pick it up, and I think it's you know they got to reevaluate the rule, and I think they have to take a look at it and say, okay, well, now you're starting to see these guys taking their head out of the play. Let's rewrite the rule. Let's redefine the rule and say, okay, this is what targeting is. Keep the keep the uh, initial spirit of the rule, obviously, because if you see somebody uh, torpedo themselves in there, then okay, you know. Eject them by all means. Get get rid of them. You know if it's intentional head to head. But plays like Smoke Monday, who is trying to prevent uh, additional yards. I mean, if if he if he lets up on that tackle, I mean, there's a chance Akira's cuts back and and could go to the house. I mean, you I mean, can't, that, if you can't was be one, sure. He was literally one tackle away. If he breaks out of that tackle, that initial tackle, he's going to the house. You know, and you can't you can't blame a guy who's hustling. He's busting his tail on special teams. I mean, it's, it's special teams. Your starter is on special teams. He's busting his tail down there to make a play. He makes the play, and all of a sudden, there's a flag, and then there's target. I, I was like, and I'm, you know, I'm, we're Georgia fans through and through, but I'm like, that is a terrible, terrible call. Yeah, and then man. Richard does his, and I'm like, you've got to be kidding. He's going for the football. You yeah, can so clearly cool. see him coming for, going for the football. Yeah, and and so both of them, I thought were were bad, and I think they need to redefine the rule if that means they need to put in a you know, a, you know, oops, I, you know, I accidentally, you know, I didn't mean to target him, but I, you know, I've delivered a, I delivered a good shot. Uh, okay. Maybe it's a five yard penalty. Kind of like what face mask is like, you know, you graze the face mask and, and it's, uh, 
you know, they, they I don't know if they still have the five yard and fifteen yard uh, face mask or if it's all just. Yeah, 15 I think now. they have the incidental face mask, but you know, if you throw the flag, hey, throw the flag because you're not sure. Yeah, I'm okay with that. But as you go and you look, you go and review and you look at it. I think at that point you say, well, no, that he's making a play on the ball or he's making a football play, and I think you pick that flag up. Yeah, and you say, yeah. okay, there's there's no targeting, and and they got it, and and I think part of the training for these referees in the off season, I think they've got to do a better job of of really training on what intent is because you can tell what the intent is when you go and yes, hit most, somebody. Most definitely, if a guy's he's he's stretched out for the football, and you see a guy torpedo him, and you know body slamming WWE style, you know, yes, he he's got to go, <laughs> you know, um, even though I don't think he does because he's playing football, but. You know, if it's if it's blatant and you see it and it's right there in front of your face, he's got to go. And um, if you come back and it doesn't look that way, I think you pick the flag up, wave it off, and then we go back to playing football. But I don't. I also don't think that they should be kicked out of the game. Um, uh, I think it's uh, Roman Harper said it I'm on SC Network. He said if the NFL guys just get the 15 yard penalty and they don't have to get kicked out, then why are these amateur athletes getting kicked out of the game? That is perfect. And he, and, he, and, he said, and he said it best. He, he said, people are coming to see these guys play, which is very true. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, you, your very first play, you know, you kicked out the game, <laughs> the whole entire game. Now, both of those happened in the first half. So yeah, that, they, that was, they missed the whole second half. Yeah. So, luckily, luckily, you know, I guess luckily in this case it was in the first half because now they don't have to they don't have to sit out for any, any time this week. And, and so, you know, also I get frustrated with the shoulder to the midsection targeting penalties. I get really frustrated with those because there's no it's head involved at all. It's a shoulder into a chest. And, you know, natural physics, when you throw a shoulder into a chest, what happens? The guy folds in half, right? Especially if he's running hard. That's going to happen. That's part of that's part of football. That's part of what you signed up for. That's why you have thousands of dollars of equipment um, on your body to protect you uh, so that it's not – catastrophic i mean the helmets the, the design of the helmets these days are are impeccable not not saying that they're going to prevent 100 percent concussions but yeah it, you know it, it does totally a pretty good job from the old shuts that we used to wear with the little bladder in and you had to pump oh, it up yeah. every time mm-hmm. i mean i look at i look at our kids helmets they got the new uh revolution helmets from Rydell, and i'm like well this thing's like having a pillow on your head yeah i, I put one on just to see just to see what it felt like and it just like Felt like it molded to my head and didn't feel like it was on. Those those old shut uh, air helmets, they were called air helmets with the bladders. Yeah. I had I had that and that they had that giant forehead pad and I I tell the kids all the time, hey, you know they're gonna uh, they're gonna it's gonna leave a giant uh, mark on your forehead. Most definitely, and then, and I remember I remember those days. I still have mine from high school, and I wore one when I was at Georgia too. You know, um, so. I think those. I think you got to. You have to reevaluate those situations. And is it intent or is it a football play? It's really those two things. Is it intentional or is it a football play? And if it's a football play, you pick that flag up, put it in your pocket, and call it a day. Exactly. And you have the technology to be able to review it. You have the technology to be able to train um, during the week or whatever. So you you can. You know the excuses are if they're not completely gone, they're, they're almost there. They're almost completely gone. So, um, I, I just, I get frustrated when, you know, and, and it, obviously it affected Georgia, but you know, when, when it affects, when it affects a game, you know, whether it be, you know, the national championship, uh, not the national championship, but it was the national semifinal, uh, Ohio state Clemson. And, uh, oh, yeah. the oh, man. Call. 
That one was oh bad. Oh my god, that was terrible. That was terrible. But here, yeah. and I, I'm glad you said that. But here's the thing: that if an offensive player is going down, you know, or he's like like the guy from Auburn, he's making a play on the football, and a defender's coming to make a tackle. How's the defender supposed to realize that? Oh crap! I got to change. I got to. I got to move. And they're they're trying to move. They're they're blatantly trying to move. But if the offensive player is in a position where he can't move, I mean. What, what, what's he supposed to do? Is he just supposed to let him go? Um, is he just supposed to tag off on him like they do the quarterbacks at practice and stuff like that? You know, so you have to go back and you have to look at that rule and see how can we fix it to where we're looking at. Is it a football player? Is it intentional? And it, it's going to come back to that every single scenario we throw out. Is it intentional or is it a football player? And, yeah. and so they, they've got to understand now, they've got to understand the difference between bad intent and a football player. And football and I play. felt so bad for the guy from Ohio State because, I mean, he's coming in on the blitz. Um, obviously, Trevor Lawrence trying to protect himself, so he drops his head. I mean, so by the time he dropped his head, the guy's already there. You know, obviously, he was going in shoulder first, but he drops, you know, Trevor Lawrence drops his head. And, I mean, you, you can't move when you're going that fast. You can't try to maneuver <laughs> what he's going to do, jump on his back, and, you know, try to tackle him. So, I mean – you got, like I said, I got, and I, it'll go back to these two things like we talked about. Is it intentional or is it a football play? Exactly. And and let's leave it at that and, and hope it gets better. But, you know, you, you feel bad for Smoke Monday because I, I don't, I mean, I'm not saying that he would have made a difference, but maybe he does. I don't know. Maybe he, you know, maybe Auburn gets a few more stops with him in the game than, than they did uh, with him out of the game. So, I don't exactly. know. Exactly. In both situations, you, lo- you lose your quarterback on defense. In both situations in that play, you lost both your quarterbacks on defense. The guys that get everybody aligned and tell them what to do, you lost both of them in the first half. So, you know, like you said, maybe it's a different deal. Maybe not. But, you know, both of those plays affected the, the way the game was played um, for each team, um, more so for them than us. So, you know, you just got to reevaluate the rule and see how you can make it better. Yeah, I mean that's that's all there is to it. And I think they'll keep tweaking with the rule, um, obviously, and and we'll we'll try to get it right. And uh, hopefully, you know, it's getting I, maybe it's getting a little bit better. I don't know, but they still need to they need to reevaluate it. That's you know hands down. So I, I think it's you know something that has to happen. And if it doesn't happen, then you're going to start to see you know you might as well just play rugby or. Australian rules football, which you're going to start to see head coaches get kicked out of games if if the rule doesn't change. Because I mean, Kirby's looking at the screen and seeing it. You know, Coach uh, Coach Mazzano's looking up there like, what 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 are we doing? Like, why why is this happening? You know, so um, you you got to more so for the the health of our coaches too. Because I mean, that's you you're losing kids just because of you know playing football, and that's what we're asking them to do. It's a violent game. And they know it. So, uh, put the to, to wrap this game up. Um, it was, uh, you know, it, it was a great game, a great team effort, a completely different start to the game than than last week. It just seemed like they, you know, they came in with a purpose. And part of it, I guess, is due to this rivalry. But uh, they came in with a purpose. Offensive line had a goal in mind to uh, we're going we're going to dominate, and uh, and and they did just that. So, um. Any final thoughts on this game before we before we put it to bed? Man, just keep keep getting better. The the difference in week one and week two was absolutely amazing. It was almost like 
they had an analyst that just wrote down everything that all the Georgia fans said and everything, and everything was fixed. You know, that, that's exactly what it looked like. The week one, the week two progression was awesome. And if we can keep doing that, I mean, that game in Jacksonville is going to come down to who wins that game, who wins the East. And I think, I think, I think we got the upper hand right now just because how we're playing, how we're progressing. Um, so um, just, just keep, just keep chopping away. And that junkyard defense is back, and I loved every minute of it. You, you and me both, and I hope it stays. I hope it's, I hope it makes a return trip to, uh, to Athens to play the Vols. But um, speaking of uh, Florida, how, how do you stop Florida? Stop the Kyles. Well, South Carolina didn't do a great job of that. Uh, they didn't stop the Kyles very well, and uh, Kyle Trask was twenty-one of twenty-nine, very efficient, and four touchdowns. Uh, you know, Kyle Pitts obviously chipped in, and he had. Four catches, 57 yards, and a pair of touchdowns, uh, one on a beautiful RPO. Uh, not a ton of yardage, but very effective nonetheless. Kadarius Tony, six catches, 86 for a touchdown. Leading receiver if you look at yards, but really Kyle Pitts, is, is the he's the one that drives that Gator, Gator offense. Uh, the Florida rushing attack is kind of all over the place. Uh, Damian Pierce, nine carries, 51 yards. He did have a score, but... Uh, Kyle Trask carries twenty two, um, and uh, so this Florida offense, we know, we know where their strengths are, uh, and oh. we know what they what they bring to the table. Uh, but what surprised me more uh, was the fact that South Carolina, and this may not surprise you, but it 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 certainly surprised me with with how they came out and how good Florida is, and and uh, they did this on the road. Um, how South Carolina came out, uh, they kept it t- they kept things tight, and I thought they had a good plan. You just wish that they had people to execute that plan. I mean, Kevin Harris, 22 carries, 100 yards on the nose with the touchdown. Shy Smith, uh, he did his part, 12 catches, 85 yards, and a touchdown. You just wish that they had something other than those two. And if they did, this might be a different ball game. Most definitely. They're, they're missing a couple of pieces. I think um, one, one of my receivers from that also here is there, uh, Jaheim Bell. Um, I think he's, uh, he's out this year, but I think, once they get a couple of pieces in line offensively, I think they're going to be dangerous over there at South Carolina because um, I think Mike Bowe is doing a great job. Like I told you, he knew he knew what um, what Coach Grantham was going to do, and he exploited it. And they kept that game close for a long time. But at the same, like you said, they just ain't got the, the Jimmys and Joes that they need in order to be really competitive. And defensively, I mean, they're, they're just breaking down defensively. I mean, you got people running – free across the middle, and Trask is hitting them. I think Florida's going to hang their hat on trying to run the football. I mean, try to throw the football um, this year because that's – like you said, their run game is scattered everywhere. Um, so, And Trask is not not a kind of guy like the Tebow's and the Chris Leaks of the world, even Rex Grossman back in the day, that can make plays with his feet, you know, like like you like you want him to. So I think they're going to try to stay in the pocket. So um, you just got to shut down – you just got to shut down Cal and Tony. You yep. shut down Cal. You shut down both Kyle's and Tony. I think you win the football game because those two Kyle's are pretty sporty, man. Yeah, they are, and I, I think you have to put heat on on uh, on the quarterback Kyle uh, Trask. And I think you, I think if you get him off his spot and get him out of rhythm, he's a totally different quarterback. And uh, not, nobody's really been able to do that yet. Um, I think South Carolina did it in spots, but I, I think overall. Uh, no one's been able to truly get him off his get him out of his rhythm. So, uh, but South Carolina did. They did cover. Uh, they lost. It was a 14-point game, so uh, they did cover the 17-and-a-half, so I think we were all correct in picking South Carolina on that. I tell you, uh, we are also right on Alabama, 52-24. to They just rolled 
again, uh, video game numbers, it, it's starting to not be fair at this point. Uh, John Mechie was actually the leading receiver for the Tide. Five catches, 181 yards, and two touchdowns. Um, of course, Jalen Waddle does Jalen Waddle things. And uh, Mac Jones, 20 of 27, 435 and four touchdowns. So much for that game manager role, right? Man, I'm telling you, he is lighting it up. And I told you, Sarkeesian is going to figure it out, and he and he did. And um, I don't know what Nick Seven said to them at halftime because I, I want to say it was a three-point game or something like that at halftime. Um, but they came out in that second half, and I'm talking about they they rolled, boy, they rolled. There, there was one point it got to about a three point game, and then, uh, then something just happened, and all of a sudden, Alabama was up by twenty one. It was, it, it, I felt like I just blinked my eyes, and it, I know. It was, I, mean, I mean, they can just score so quickly on you. And watching Kellen Mond, I mean, they Texas A and M's in trouble. I mean, they, I don't know what's going on over there, and you keep putting your defense out. Their defense ain't, isn't bad. You know, we, we saw those first couple series against Alabama. They're not bad at all. But like we always say, if you keep putting your defense out there, eventually something's going to break down. And Alabama's got good enough coaching staff to figure it out, and they did. And it was just a route after that. Um, when I don't know what's going on over there offensively with Texas A&M, but they, they better figure it out real fast with Jimbo and all those guys over there. It's going to be a long season. Yeah, no doubt. And uh, those those Aggies are going to get uh, 10 years, $75 million. Is not worth it? I, I don't see it yet. So, um, But anytime, you know, you can't put your defense out there, no matter how good they are. I, I think, what was it, 2012 in the SEC Championship where Alabama ran 93 plays on offense? Yeah. <laughs> yes. I mean, our defense was playing stellar that entire year, but you can't. You can't be on the field for ninety three plays and expect to expect not to get fatigued. Uh, no matter how good your depth is, that's a lot of plays. So, but Al- mm-hmm. Alabama, I mean, there's not much really to say other than A and M is is in big trouble and Alabama is well, they, they might be solidifying themselves as the best team in the country again. Um, yes, definitely. Here, here's what happened to be game of the week. Arkansas snapped a twenty game. SEC losing streak uh, by beating Mississippi State 21-14. K.J. Costello still had 313 yards. He was 43-59, of so he got his stats. But um, Arkansas, man, uh, I'm surprised, uh, but I'm also not surprised. I'm surprised they did it early uh, because I didn't think they were quite ready, and I didn't think they really knew how to win just yet. Um, but I'm not surprised because the way they came out against Georgia, they were physical, they were competitive, they had some they had some guys that just weren't really sure what they had yet, and I didn't think they had it together enough to really do anything much this year. Uh, but I thought they were going to be held next year. Well, um, they 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 really uh, accelerated that that time clock there. Felipe Franks threw a pair of touchdown passes. Uh, Arkansas also intercepted uh, Costello three times. So uh, turnovers turnovers hurt, man. Turnovers and special teams that 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 that'll get. I mean, they won that game off of a botched punt. You know, um, I think if they, I think if Mississippi State gets that ball, I think they go down. I think I'm not saying for sure, but I think they go down there. You know, they get in the red zone and possibly it's 21-21. They go in overtime. So I mean, Barry Odom has turned that defense around, and you can tell um, that they're very they're very physical. They they look like they know what to do which is the most important thing. They, they're in the right spots at all times. And when you're going against a person that's going to throw the ball like 60 times in the game, for those DBs to be in the right places at the right times and create turnovers is big. And that, that defensive line for them is very physical. I mean, they matched 
they matched Mississippi State uh, blow for blow up front. And when you can control the line of scrimmage that way, get some heat on that quarterback, he's going to throw it up, and you saw what happens when he does. Mm-hmm. And I also think that uh, Costello throwing it up and, and getting those three turnovers were also a uh, a symptom of the overall problem of Mississippi State probably getting too impatient. Because I think Arkansas, they – they played a lot of zone coverage, and yeah. uh, and when you play zone coverage against an offense like that, against an air raid offense, you know you're hoping that you know you're 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 going in and saying, okay, get your five yards here, but you're gonna have to you're gonna have to death by a thousand paper cuts here, um, to, yeah. to do anything against us, and and people get impatient. You know, Jake Crane last week said, you know, one of his big things is uh, about offensive coordinators. He he says we are all impatient and we all want to take shots, and and I think that's you know, kind of what happened, and they were ready. So they're saying, okay, we'll give you the five. We'll sit back on everything else, and when you when you get impatient, we'll be here waiting for you. And and that's exactly what happened, and a great game plan uh, for, for Arkansas. Uh, Barry Odom has had some experience going up against uh, Mike Leach. They were both in the Big 12 at one point, and uh, so he, he knows what he knows what he has and, and brings to the table. So I, I think it's a you know, great game plan by Arkansas, again, controlling the line of scrimmage. Physical, physical, physical football for Arkansas. They're going to be – I don't know if I texted you this or somebody else this, but uh, I, I said Arkansas is going to be a problem in the West. Yeah, they're, they're, they look good from there. Like our week one to week two difference is amazing, and their week one to week two, Felipe Franks look more comfortable. And, you know, it's always the first game jitters. Felipe Franks look more comfortable in, in the pocket. Um, he made some plays with his feet and with his arm, uh, which is what they need in Arkansas. So, um, I think that they're going to be a force to reckon with over there in the West. Yeah, and I'm 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 glad we're done with them. I'm glad we uh, <laughs> I'm glad we went ahead and uh, and, and played them because I, I wouldn't want to play them late late in the season. So, uh, but up next for them is Auburn. So uh, that'll that'll be something we dive into. Uh, I can't I can't wait to see I can't wait to see that one. Um, you know, uh, Coach Coach Pittman, who was at Georgia, you know, he knows Auburn. Um, um, a lot of that staff over there hadn't seen Auburn. I think he's going to take a lot from what we did. Um, against them uh, when they prepare for him, so I'm, well, I'm looking forward to that one. The players know Chad Morris. Yes, that that is very true. Oh, and back, and I don't mean to go back, but back to that game, Auburn got impatient. I mean, you talked about it. they 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 got impatient. You could tell. Um, you know, it's weird seeing Gus Malzahn without his clipboard. So, which means that um, Chad Morris has control of offense, but you can tell that some of those plays and stuff were straight out of Gus Malzahn's playbook. You know, and as they were methodically moving down the field. So um, I think a lot of times they got impatient and that's what kind of bit them in the butt. You know, you kind of got, you got to stay on track when the defense is giving you different looks, you don't know what to do. You got to stay on track no matter what happens. Um, milk some time off of that clock. You know, if you got to punt, you got to punt, but you know, you milk some time off of that clock and you know, you stay in control of the game a little bit on your side of football. Absolutely. I mean, there's nothing wrong with punting, especially if you have a really good defense. So, um, but again, a defense that was struggling. So I don't know, maybe, maybe they did. You know, maybe they did feel like they needed to take some shots downfield and get it all back. But that's neither here nor there. Uh, a couple, uh, a few other games. Uh, we'll get to Tennessee here in a little bit because we're going to turn the page to to Rocky Top. But um, LSU surprised us. They woke up. Um, I mean, when they do wake up, it's not really surprising. But it's surprising <laughs> that they were asleep in, to begin with. Uh, Forty-one to seven over Vanderbilt. They did cover uh, John Emery. Uh, who we predicted 12 carries, 103, and a touchdown predicted him to be uh, the lead guy out of the backfield. Terrace Marshall finally playing like a number one receiver. Miles Brennan, 23 of 37, 337, and four touchdowns. He looked even. He looked a lot more comfortable 
uh, Saturday than he did uh, the week before. And then, uh, of course, Ole Miss turned into a uh, – that turned into the afternoon barn burner, uh, the game that probably everyone switched to after watching Texas A&M just disappoint the entire world. Uh, Kentucky got up to a big lead, and then they let Ole Miss right back in. And so uh, then that game went to overtime. Uh, Kentucky missed an extra point, and Ole Miss, uh, Ole Miss reaped the benefits, and uh, they won. Lane Kiffin spiked his headset in celebration. Uh, again, a tale of two different units, uh, offense doing uh, what offense does, and then their defense not being able to stop a nosebleed. And uh, the, the key to this game, and, and the, the key that we said last week was, if Ole Miss can force Kentucky into their tempo, uh, into their game, they will win. And they did just Most that. definitely. And that is exactly what happened too. And I'm we're we me, you know, me and you back and forth about it. So I mean it was good. It was fun to watch and special teams that beat you. They beat you every time. Yep, it does. I mean if you don't have good special teams it's that's a killer man. And uh you know, yeah I, you're I think not, what, you're you're in oh go ahead. I was gonna say what stood out it was was that you know K- Kentucky controlled the the early part of the game and, and they they were well in control they were able to run Terry Wilson was the uh, he was the leading rusher um, it seemed like he was more of the running back than anybody um, he ended up not being the leading rusher but he had the most carries and they controlled it early and then then Ole Miss started to kind of come back and and then Ole Miss took took control of the game and then once Ole Miss took control of the game then it got to a shootout and then when it gets to a shootout that favors uh, the uh, the more explosive offense in Ole Miss, the more dynamic. That's offense. definitely the the game changing play was the run uh, by the running back, and he doesn't score. He chucks, he throws the deuces up, but he doesn't score. And then the very next play, he fumbles. You know, well, two plays later, he fumbles. So, you know, just hey, hey, young man, I, I like the enthusiasm. Just get in the end zone first, baby. Get in the end zone. And that's a te- that's an attest to Ole Miss too. You know that that corner or the safety could have gave up on the play, but he went and made a play, made a tackle. So you get you know it gives you another opportunity. And you know you could tell that Coach Stoops was not happy. The offensive coordinator wasn't happy. You know, so I think that that was a game changing play right there, and it ended up going in Ole Miss's favor. Yep, and that they they got they got momentum, and uh, and when you get momentum, it's 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 a tough deal to to do. And, and I think. Ole Miss, obviously, uh, passing attack is outstanding. They had, and when you say they spread the wealth, uh, really they spread the wealth between their two best receivers, Jonathan Mingo and Elijah Moore, uh, eight and nine, eight and ten catches respectively. Uh, Mingo had a pair of touchdowns and 128 yards. Uh, the rushing attack was was a little bit more spread out. Corral was actually your leading uh, receipt, leading rusher. Uh, Jerry and Ely, ten carries, and then you had Snoop Connor with eight carries for 25. Uh, Ely and Connor scored uh, on a pair of touchdowns, and then you had John Reese Pumley. I mean, you, this 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 offense. When I say it's all over the place, I mean that in a good way because they they do a lot of they they hit you with a lot of good things, and they they can uh, they can hurt you a lot of different ways, and and that's uh, you know that that's part of what's difficult about stopping this Ole Miss group. Most definitely, and you know Lane Kiffin's about two recruiting classes away from having all the pieces he needs. Um, and like you said, me me and you were texting back and forth, and I said uh. Kentucky can't stop the forward pass, and Ole Miss can't stop the run. So um, I think uh, Ole Miss defensively is mit- are missing a couple of big guys to stop the run. Uh, that Land Shark defense um, is missing a couple of guys, but I think you give them about two, give them about two more recruiting classes. I think they'll fix it. And I'm telling you, that that West is going to be something com- to compete with here in the next couple of years. Yeah, no doubt. 
Um, th- this this league is going to be really fun here in the in the coming years. I think we've got the right mix of coaches now, and I think we got the right mix of parity. I think a lot of people can do a lot of different things. So it'll be a fun league to watch, and it'll be a fun league to watch down the stretch. So um, two thirty CBS uh, on Saturday, the Vols visit Athens to take on to take on Georgia. Both two and zero. Tennessee ranked for the first time in a while. Uh, they they come in ranked fourteenth. Uh, Garantano, they seem to be settled on him now. Um, you know, he was 33 of 54 for 449 and two touchdowns on the season. They're averaging 33 points per game. Georgia's averaging 32. Um, but Georgia's giving up eight and Tennessee's giving up almost 20. Well, we'll call it 20. It's 19 and a half, um, points per game, uh, both over 400 in total yards. And, uh, Georgia has the significant advantage in yards allowed. So if you tailor the tape, you would think, okay, well, this Tennessee offense, something's got to give here. But um, Georgia's defense is elite. We know that. Um, But, you know, you watch uh, our boy Brandon Boykin is on uh, Thinking Out Loud on the SEC Network, so congrats to him Mm -hmm. on that. Um, But they're saying that Tennessee still has a slight edge in the quarterback department. What do you you say to that? Um, I think they do in a sense that – they they got the same coordinator coming back, um, and uh, Garantano was there last year, so he he, he kind of understands a little bit better this year. I think that's the only edge they have um, as far as that goes. But um, that game again is going to come to who can control the line of scrimmage, um, who who can who can throw the ball, who can throw the ball when they need to, and who can run the ball when they need to. So, um, Coach, you know, Coach Chaney is going to have him coached up, and he's going to be ready to go. And they gave us a scare um, in the first half last year. You know, we couldn't quite figure it out. They did a lot of RPO stuff. And, I, and you know, once, once uh, Kirby and the defensive staff, you know, got everything going, and it was all downhill from there. Um, so, I think, you know, you stop the RPO um, defensively, and if you can move the ball um, offensively, I think it's going to be another Georgia victory. Well, I know it'll be another Georgia victory. Yeah, no doubt. And, uh, you know, I, I think what's what's being lost in all this is that Stetson Bennett actually got all the reps against with the twos last year. So, I mean, he got a lot of reps in practice. He got a lot of reps against an elite defense. So, I mean, you, you can't discount that. But then again, you know, starting experience and game experience is, you know, I, I guess you could say that's that's a little bit more. But um, Tennessee significantly better up front with Cade Mays being ruled eligible. Um, that is going to be uh, – that's going to be a factor. Uh, but, you know – one of the strengths that Tennessee has and one of the strengths that Georgia's defense has, uh, they don't match up very well with that. And, and I think it's going to be uh, something that you're going to see that's going to be exploited. I think it's going to be kind of like what people were saying about Auburn coming in, uh, that I think it's going to, you know, they carry a lot of promise. They've played really well on the offensive side of the ball. But I, I just don't think, you know, in, until this defense proves me otherwise, I don't think that I don't think you can say that any offense is going to do anything against this defense until they do, and so I think they're going to have tough sledding in the run game because we are so fast and so powerful up front that it's going to be real difficult. They're going to have to get creative, and you know they're going to have to try and get creative with RPOs, which they did in the first half. But you know you figure that out, and so you got to have an answer for that. Uh, taking some shots downfield, maybe trying to stretch our defense vertically. Uh, get it, you know. Hopefully, take advantage. We're we're a very uh, aggressive team, and with aggressive teams come penalties. So, you know, you you have to capitalize on penalty yardage, things like that. And then I think you know, special teams. You got to steal a possession. I think 
You know, it goes back to special teams. That's going to be the key to every game in this league is special teams. Who can win special teams? Whoever wins special teams has got the significant advantage. And I think, you know, I think Georgia is doing everything they can to win special teams each and every week. I think they have won special teams each week. And so I think as long as they make plays there, they will be fine. Yes. I think if Tennessee and like I said, I, can, they're, yeah. um, we're, we're not giving Coach Cochran uh, enough credit. I'm talking about he is doing a phenomenal job. Um, with that special teams unit, the way that we're recovering punts, the way that we're getting punt return yardage, uh, we haven't had that in a long time um, at Georgia. So the way the way that he's doing everything, there there's been no penalties as far as substitutions. Everybody knows where they're supposed to be. Um, a couple of those penalties Saturday um, was just Auburn came out something we hadn't seen, something we hadn't practiced. So you know, obviously you know that kind of gave us a couple penalties there. But other than that, I mean. Just everything he's done, he's putting the guys in, in places to where they can succeed, and, and you see it, and they're excited about it. They're, you got kids excited about playing on special teams, and it is very fun to watch. We got to give that man his credit. He has done a great job of getting his first year on the job, his first year on the job, and he has done a phenomenal job of having Georgia special teams as good, if not better, than they were when Coach uh, Fabris was there when I was up there. So, um, I, th- I think kudos to him, and I think, like you said, who can win in special teams is, is going to win. It's going to get us a ball game, um, and it, it may become sooner or later. But as long as we're we're solid in special teams, I think we're going to be just fine. No doubt. And uh, you know, somebody we have to contest with on the defensive side of the ball is Henry Toto. I think I pronounced that right. Um, probably, you know, outside of Nick Bolton, probably the best linebacker in the in the entire conference. Uh, you talk about a guy that's a game changer on that side of the ball. He kind of makes that vault defense go, and and I think it's you know something that we have to contend with. Yes, most and uh, they hadn't shown anything that can stop after, after watching our receivers last week. Um, you know, as long as we get on the same page as far as a couple of throws here and there, I, I hadn't seen anybody that can that can stop us. Um, so um, I think I I think if that game comes to they control the ball in the trenches and we do, I think it's going to be who can throw the ball, who can. Who can't stop the four passes? What that ball? What that ball game is going to come down to? And I think mm-hmm. we have the advantage in that. Yeah, and I, I I think it's one of those things where our offense really hasn't even come close to reaching peak performance. So that's what's scary. You know, we we have these big plays, and we're probably right now still operating at about thirty percent. Mm-hmm. And you know, and I think just cleaning up the penalties from a week ago made a world of difference. Most and, definitely. And uh, watching, um, you know, we, we gave we gave him a little flack, but watching Landers, I think Landers f- fixed that one little hiccup that he had. Um, you know, we, we're we receivers, so we're, we're all guilty of it. You know, coach calls a player, you're like, that ball's not coming to me. So you kind of give the DB something, and that, next thing you know, the ball's in there, you're like, oh, crap. You know, by then it's too late. You know, so I, I think he fixes that. And um, we had a fade throw uh, to another freshman guy the other night, and, you know, he, he just he just misses it and stuff like that. So once we clean that stuff up, we're, we're going to be dangerous. We can we can uh, be balanced and um, make plays out, out wide. No doubt. And uh, you said it. You said it perfectly there. It's a 13 point spread. Um, I'll let you know on Friday uh, how I feel about that 13 <laughs> point spread. So um, we I'll have some time to think about it. We'll make our picks. And, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm looking for. Israel, if you know a Tennessee guy, uh, we're, we'd love to we'd love to have a, a, a guest on to really uh, dive into uh, volunteer football. So, um, but uh, you know, I, I think it's going to be again. 
you know, we said it and we said it and we said it and, and we know, we know what the differences are and we know what the game changers are. So special teams controlling the line of scrimmage and, and really just being able to take advantage of the passing game, I think is going to be the key. So, um, you know, week, week two is in the books. Week three is upon us. Um, it is hump day. So it is time to, uh, switch gears to the week ahead. Uh, there's a lot of games to look forward to in the SEC, not just the Georgia 230 game on CBS, but there's going to be a lot of games uh, before and after to look forward to. Clemson plays Miami um, in the uh, in the ACC. I think that'll be a fun matchup. What do you think about the, the job that Diaz has done there? I think Diaz in year two, I think he's got him a coordinator um, over there now, So in uh, Lashley. So I think that's going to be a good game. Uh, King is doing phenomenal things at Miami. He's spreading the wealth. He can run the ball. He can throw the ball. Um, I think that's going to be a great matchup for Clemson. We'll see who, we'll, we'll see who controls it all. Um, like I said, we'll make our picks um, on Friday, but um, that's going to be a close one. I, I think I kind of give the edge to Miami um, from the simple fact that I think they got a couple more playmakers in Clemson this year. Um, I think if you if you can stop Trevor Lawrence, um, and I think you got a chance to win the football game. And I think they. I think with Diaz being over there and, you know, Lashley's controlling the offense, and I think they got a great chance of winning that ball game uh, Saturday night. And I guarantee you, um, you know, even if Miami doesn't win, this will be the first time Clemson's been really punched in the mouth, like truly punched yeah. in the mouth. So you'll see how they respond. Most definitely. Most definitely. Because I don't think anybody else over in ACC um, can even um, hold Clemson to under 50 points um, after watching what I've seen this year. Um, so – um, I think this is going to be Clemson's true test, and I think it's also going to be Miami's true test. See if Miami's really back. You know, if they, if they can pull this one off, I think my, I think Miami's back. Um, so we'll we'll see how it goes. All right, Israel. Any final thoughts before we wrap this episode? Uh, no, just just everybody, just you know, be safe out there. Um, there there's been a spike in COVID as of late. Um, we've seen different people get it now, so everybody just be safe out there and. Um, I can't wait for uh, Saturday um, playing against Tennessee in those ugly, ugly orange colors that they wear. Um, so I'm, I'm glad I'm glad it's in Athens because um, when we used to go up there in Knoxville and you just see a, a stadium full of orange, 102, mil, I mean, 102,000 people wearing orange, it gets kind of scary. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't want to hear like Rocky Top very much. <laughs> yeah, and hopefully we don't. But they, they play it after every play, so, you know. Oh, it was terrible. We, uh, Coach Rick, when we, we would go over there, we would go to the stadium, um, have our walkthroughs on Thursday, and he did just blast Rocky Top all week at practice. And then when we go to the stadium, they turn the speakers up. You just hear Rocky Top the whole practice. You're like, God, I'm so tired of hearing Rocky Top. I remember sitting in class and just hearing Rocky Top for like the entire class. I'm hearing Rocky Top because y'all practice in the stadium. But um, anyway. Hopefully, uh, hopefully they come and leave. hopefully we welcome them uh, and we give them the proper welcome and send them home with that big fat L. So, um, again, you can find the show at Believe in Dogs on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, uh, anywhere you get your podcast. Leave us a leave us a rating, review us, subscribe. Most importantly, and uh, hope you enjoy the show. Uh, Israel, where can we find you? Uh, you can find me on Twitter, uh, Troopstar two eight. Uh, that's where I do most of my uh, commentating um, and jokes because I'm a I'm, I'm part-time comedian as well. Um, so that's where you can find me at. And, um, you know, just shoot shoot me a, a tweet every, every now and again, you know. Uh, if you want to talk ball, just, just let me know. We can do it. There you go, at Troopstar28. Um, he's also enrolling in the Top Gun Academy. I don't know if you heard that at the beginning of the show. 
Um, and uh, so he's uh, his his he's going to be Maverick. That's his that's his yes. name. So I'm I'm a jack of all trades, you know, just directing the jets over here, flying at the Air Force base over here. So you know, you just never know what you might see down here in Valdosta. It's I mean, it's crazy. Um, I, I you know. Jet shows and things like that are, are pretty pretty fun to watch. So, uh, <laughs> for Israel, I am uh, Corey Burton. This is Believe in Georgia Dogs. Our spot. Uh, it was brought to you by BetOnline.ag. So visit them and uh, take some action there. So, I uh, want to uh, preview the show for Friday. We're going to make our picks, and uh, as always, go dogs. Go dogs. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.